Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. Okay. So, tomorrow, <clears throat> Yom Kippur. That's not a holiday of fun, I should say. Um, it's a, it's a holiday of purification, and as I said, it's the it's the holiest day in the Jewish New Year, in the Jewish year, um, and it is the end of a ten day cycle of the New Year that started with the holiday Rosh Hashanah, head of the year, and then uh, ending in this purification period with Yom Kippur, that starts tomorrow evening and goes through. Um, Saturday evening. And that's where um, people fast. It's the one day of fasting in the, uh, in the Jewish um, um, year uh, where you, you really do clean yourself out and prepare for this coming year. I was looking, by the way, on, on uh, the recordings of our uh, of the talks here, and I I saw last year I gave a talk on on this, and uh, so I thought, oh, should I do that again? That that was after I had put my thoughts together, and then I thought, well, you know, they you go to um, you go to uh, confession regularly and uh, clear up your your slate there, and you, uh, I don't know if you can overdo forgiveness and overdo purification. Um, and I listened to the talk a bit, thought, oh, well, that was okay. Uh, <laughs> so I'm actually not going to give the same talk, because I, I hadn't realized that, and I didn't pull out my notes from the last, last year. And I also realized saw in that recordings that uh, Linda Graham came in and, and talked about forgiveness uh, not that long ago. But um, here we are again. One of the things about, uh, about Yom Kippur that always struck me, I, I was, as many of you know, I was raised uh, in the Jewish um, faith. And... Uh, that feeling of having a fresh start uh, always, always kind of um, comforting for me. No matter how bad things got, no matter how, what kind of contention you had with others or with yourself or others might be feeling for you, that you could just start fresh. That's something that we, I think, should keep in mind not only on this, this holiday or this time, but really um, in our practice that it's always a possibility of a new start. And that's something I think that maybe you can uh, keep in mind when your mind wanders Wherever it's gone, however long it's gone, it's been gone, 
you come back. It's like pressing the clear button on a calculator. It doesn't matter how complicated the numbers get. Just fresh start. You know, you even pass the E when it goes up to the E, and you press that C, and it's fresh again. And in the same way, if you, you think of your practice as letting go of the things that weigh you down from the past or somehow processing them so that you're not carrying them around with you, that there is a possibility of a fresh start um, in each moment and with our ways that we are in the world, the possibility to just start anew. That doesn't mean you don't learn from the past. You can't just say, okay, I'll just pay no attention to what's happened before. Actually, the Buddha talks about this in this one discourse that I've, I've mentioned uh, before where he says, if you've done something that's, not, that's been not skillful and it plagues you, to just reflect, oh, what can I learn from that? How can I use that as a springboard to, uh, to do things differently in the future? But to not carry it around with heavy-duty guilt. Guilt just is a self-perpetuating mechanism. And I know I come from a lineage of guilt. <laughs> you feel guilty. You feel like you're not good. Or you feel that's what you focus on. Oh, I'm such a rotten person because this happened or I did that. And what you, you do is in that smallness, in that weight that you carry around in your heart, um, you, that's how you hold yourself. And you miss all the beautiful things that are who you are, that express through you. If you're just focusing on, on the flaws or on the imperfections or on the, the unskillful acts. So the Buddha says, instead of guilt, there's no, no mention of cultivating guilt in the Pali Canon. Instead of guilt, he says, um, he calls it wise remorse or wise regret where you see, oh, okay, this is how it feels when I do something that's off. As, as the word sin in the Judeo-Christian uh, teachings, the literal translation of the word sin is to miss the mark. So you've done something that's off within yourself. You just missed the mark, missed that clarity, missed that wisdom, missed that place that's coming from connection and love. And then you have a chance to wake up and see, oh, it feels so much better when I'm aligned with my values. <clears throat> so this, this day of um, atonement and purification um, we 
don't have to hold on and perpetuate this suffering. The opening line of the Dhammapada, the opening lines of this collection of the Buddhist teachings, says, we are what we think. With our thoughts, we make the world. And it's a very uh, central understanding. If you see, that's literally how it works. We create our internal reality by whatever thoughts we believe. And our internal reality affects our external reality, affects how we move in the world, affects the energy that we put out in the world, and affects the energy that comes back to us because that is the perspective that we're moving around through. And our energy is one, we are constantly interacting with the world, and based on what's going on inside here, we'll come out with very different energies at very different, at different times. So if we think that we're rotten, well, that's how you move through the world. Good luck. Another corollary to that, as I was thinking about this, and this is what I want to explore with you, is um, there's a few corollaries. Others around us are what we think them to be. At least that's our internal reality. You might have an idea of, oh, I know that person. This is who they are. And when you hold that, it's almost impossible to see any other aspect of them. You're looking at them through this particular filter. I know who they are. And because you know who they are and you hold them in a certain way, that has an effect on who they are with you, doesn't it? If somebody thinks or if you sense, oh, reverse it. If you think that somebody is boring, They are so boring, right? And that's who you hold them to be. They're probably not going to be scintillatingly stimulating around you. If somebody thinks that, if you sense somebody thinks that you're boring, (laughs) what does that do to your energy? Do you say, hi, how you doing, you know? You kind of feel boring. You know? Or if you feel, think of somebody as not being trustworthy, you just, or for whatever reason, you just don't trust them. Right? Well, that's an energy that gets picked up and affects someone on the receiving end. Not that they're not going to be, not that they're going to rip you off or anything like that but there's just going to be a disturbance in the energy flow between you. 
So one way to think of it is others are what we think them to be, or at least we affect how they are. And then another corollary, we are, I mean, I wrote this down, we are like what we think others perceive us to be. You kind of, you ever uh, know your place in certain relationships, you know? You go, you go home, and there's the family dynamic, and you might be, you know, Mr. or Miss Confident in your life, and you're just kind of like really zooming through things, and, and you come back, and you feel like about, you know, five or six years old, you know, if you're around your brother or your sister, or, you know, if, if that's a dynamic, or your, your mother or father or relatives. It's like, oh, I know who I, not that you do this consciously, but you kind of know who you're supposed to be in that family system. Does that make sense? So it's what we think others think of us, that's who we become as well. Right? We don't live in a vacuum. That's, this is what I'm saying. And if we say, they make me feel this way, we're missing out on how we are creating particular reality, both internally and externally. Mm-hmm. So this, this all is leading up to this piece about forgiveness. But um, I think before I go on, I want to uh, um, share with you a little experiment so you have a firsthand uh, sense of of this that I went through earlier this week. I, I met on uh, Monday with this group that, I, that meets uh, once a month of these, it's called the Neurodharma Group. I think I've I, I mentioned it here, of these neuroscience guys and, and women and some, and some Dharma uh, uh, people and some psychologists and talking about um, just the intersection of neuroscience and Dharma and psychology. So this guy who is presenting, and each month somebody different presents, uh, had us do a little exercise that I want to share with you, if you'd be game for it. <clears throat> and remember, tomorrow is the Yom Kippur, so I hope you forgive me if, if it doesn't, uh, doesn't quite work for you. Uh, we can just start fresh tomorrow. Um, this would be done uh, with one other person. I'd like you to um, think of something that, you, that really matters to you, some issue. It could be a personal issue, or it could be a... Um, uh, more of, a, of a, a cultural issue, societal issue, political issue, whatever. Just something that really matters, okay, that you can kind of get into a bit of a riff about. Right? Whether it's a, a, a profound and deeply felt, sincere, wise riff, or just venting. Either way, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Just something that really does matter to you. And uh, for the first, let's see, we, I think we'll, 
do it for about um, one minute. For the first minute, one person is going to start talking. For the first minute, um, you'll one person will talk, and the other person will be uh, really attentive, just really tuning into that reality of this other person. Okay. I'm going to ring a bell after a minute, and just to play along with this, and that person will continue to talk, but the, the other person, this is what we did in this group, is going to uh, not pay any attention to them. <laughs> Bored. You can look at your watch, you can, or just, just like they're, you couldn't care less if they're there. No. And then I'll ring a bell again so we won't leave you in that space. <laughs> and then you'll, you'll go back to, we, actually we didn't do that when we did the, uh, the exercise. We had, we kind of left it where you were bored. Yeah. Um, but we kind of came back together after a while. And, uh, and then you'll be attentive again, okay? And we'll, and then the other person will have a chance to do this as well, okay? This is just to play a game, a little game. But uh, it it it, it uh, brought some stuff up for us in a in an interesting, uh, interesting way that's kind of stayed with me since. Okay, so right now, find somebody. Don't get started yet. And if you need a need a, a partner, just uh, raise your hand and we'll uh, find somebody, uh, we'll connect. And if not, then uh, Ghidra might be a partner for somebody. You got three over there? Okay, and well, you can do it, you can do, it just kind of, uh, you'll have to shorten it a bit, so uh, you can switch if you want to do it that way. All right, anybody need a, need a partner? Joel, anybody, uh, anybody else who needs a partner? So maybe uh, Ghidra, do you have a partner? Anybody in the back? You do? Oh, uh, let's see. So you can have, don't start yet. Wait, wait, hold on, don't start yet. Okay, it can be, you can have a threesome. You can, or you can just kind of observe with, uh, with Betty, okay? All right, ready? Uh, the person with the um, shorter hair goes first. Okay. Okay, ready? Now remember, you're going to be attentive, and that other person is going to be uh, talking about something that matters. Ready? Go. Okay, stop being interested. The other person, keep on talking. Okay, go back to being interested again. Okay, stop. Just stop right where you are. 
and go inside for a moment. You'll get a chance to switch in a moment, but just right now, notice how it feels for each of you. Just notice what you discovered, observed. Okay, now can switch so the other person gets a chance. Okay, stop being interested. The other person keep talking. Okay, go back to being interested again. Okay, once again go inside and uh, notice your experience. Okay, you can thank your partner and come on back. Okay, um, let's check in. What'd you notice? What was it like? All the way here. Once you, uh, let's see, uh, if uh, if you could bring it up. Thanks, and uh, raise your hand so you can uh, all the way back there. Thank you. Yeah. James, I was amused with myself when it was my turn to be. To ignore him, he was very mature and kept doing his talking. But when I got ignored, wherever he looked, I practically grabbed him by the shirt to get his attention again. <laughs> I was not going to be ignored. And I just, you know, this inner self that's just like, no, you need to listen. You need to hear this. Mm-hmm. It was very interesting to see that rise up. Mm-hmm. And, and that's natural. We don't like to be ignored. It, don't, don't, no judgment about it. It's just seeing what that elicits in you. It's very, this is all illuminating to see how much effect others have on us and the converse, how much effect and impact we have on what comes, what comes out of other people as well. Thank you. What else? Anything Hi, James. Um, I'm with my partner here, and I noticed that, hello, um, you know, so this is pretty close. Yeah, they're about to get uh, married, too. Yeah, (laughs) we are. And so initially, yeah, almost. But so, uh, (laughs) so the, yeah, (laughs) he's not paying attention. Anyway, so... Good practice. (laughs) (laughs) But, 
you know, it was like he was saying, "Well, this is kind of like home," <laughs> and I and I thought, "Whoa," you know. And so there was this part where you know sometimes you just do zone out, and I noticed what I connected with more than anything is my heart, where I thought, "Oh my goodness," when I'm not present, that really hurts him. And so it uh, it really it really was a wake up call, as far as that goes. And of course, it feels so good to have someone be present with you, mm-hmm. regardless of whether you're just talking silly stuff or mm-hmm. you know deeper feelings of the heart. Thank you. Yeah. Um, what what? It's the ultimate gift that we give people our presence, and you know, it, it, few of us are riveted in every conversation that we're involved in, but, and many of us are kind of skimming and going in and out much of the time, um, and that affects our world. And so we have these ideas of who they are, whether it's boring or uh, whatever, and uh, that's what we see that lens through. But when you're really present there for somebody, particularly if you're present enough to want to understand what their reality is, even if it's not so apparent to you. Um, If you really want to take the time to understand what an incredible um, movement towards connection that is. Anybody else? Anything else that uh, anybody wants to share? Yeah, here to, here to use the, uh, yeah, thanks. And real close to your, to your mouth, right? That's it. Very discouraging when somebody's attention wanders away, <laughs> especially when it's so blunt. Uh, discouraging, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Say, when you say discouraging, say a bit more. Well, you don't feel like continuing talking with the conversation. It's like, oh, okay, they've lost interest. <clears throat> Whereas when they're paying attention, you feel a real sense of connection. Mm-hmm. Yes. So very yeah. different. Thank you. And uh, right behind you is uh, Bob. When, uh, Robert. when my partner was paying attention and engaging, what I noticed was that the ideas and the emotions flowed. You know, I was able to really talk about this topic. And when she just disconnected or just didn't pay attention, what I noticed was the flow immediately stopped and there was this ego. It was just this sense of me that came up so quickly and so strong that all the other ideas that were, and the other feelings just got, got chopped off. Yeah. And then I was dealing with this ego thing. Yeah. Uh, it was just so abrupt and so obvious. It was shocking. Yeah. Because when there's an exchange, you're creating a, a field together, and you're, if you're not met, then it's just you, just talking to yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt boring. You felt, yeah. You. How many people felt boring when the other person turned away? Yeah. Uh, one, uh, one last. One. Yeah, I found that the converse was true to what she just said. I found it very difficult to pretend to ignore when I really was interested. Yeah. You know, and it was kind of like, 
oh, how do I do this, you know, to disengage? Close. Yeah, how do I disengage? And, yeah. And, and, and I wanted to make her feel like I was interested. You know, I don't mm-hmm. know if that's yeah. people That's a whole stuff. other thing, kind yeah. of like... <laughs> but yeah, how fascinating. So all this is to say we affect everybody around us. Both with our, the ways that we perceive them to be, the ways we think they perceive us to be, and also getting back to this theme about forgiveness. If you hold somebody in a particular light, in a particular way, they wronged me, and sometimes we have been hurt, they did this to me five years ago. And that's who they are. What forgiveness is, and I, um, oh, I'm just, you can turn that off, by the way. Just uh, What forgiveness is, one way to think of it, is not acknowledging that people are a continually transformative process. And if you freeze frame somebody in a particular way, I've shared this before, suppose you're in the middle of a very bad moment, right? You're losing it with your kid or your partner or your worker and coworker and just kind of like, and somebody takes a snapshot of you and says, ooh, what an unpleasant person they are, you know. It's like that holding on is like keeping that snapshot, freeze-framing, this is who that person is. Ooh, yeah. And every time you might be with that person, that's who you hold them to be. That will have an effect on how they are with you. It's probably not going to elicit, you know, boundless loving kindness coming out of them. If anything, you know, anxiety or tentativeness or whatever. Or antagonism. And the the same way if you hold yourself that way to be, oh this is who I am, you can't see much else besides that. You've just gotten lost in your particular story. So forgiveness is really understanding that we are all everything. We are all, you know, the Dalai Lama and whoever you want to put on the other side of the scale. We've got it all inside of us. That's where in the forgiveness process, one of the, the ways that um, you can work with it is imagining this person in one of their shining moments with their kids or their pet or some moment where they are you know, not evil. And if it seems like, no, that's who they are all the time, then you might think of them as a little kid when they weren't completely evil, and realizing all the the conditioning that made them who they were. 
But inside of all of us, we want to be seen, we want to be loved, we want to feel safe. And if you can somehow access that beyond this way that you're holding and beyond this way that you are around them, it sets up a whole other energy system. The way I've mentioned this here before, I think of, often I think of human beings, if you really are want to know, uh, or if you don't, I'm going to tell you, you as these transmitter-receiver energy units. That's what we are, interacting with other transmitter-receiver energy units continuously. And just like Robert said, you know, when when you're, you're not met, that energy flow is cut off, and you're just... You're not in the game. You're not in the flow. And so who you are in willing to be in that flow with somebody else helps bring them, bring out other dimensions from them. So with all of this, this is to say, with a fresh start, if you can let go of how either you're holding yourself and see this is just a mental fabrication. You're many, many things. If you can let go of being stuck in holding somebody in one certain way or if you can let go of the perceived idea of who you think they think you to be. You know, you might be somebody completely else, uh, different around somebody else, if you can somehow get beyond that smallness or tension, you can affect your environment. And that that is one of the gifts of the Buddha's teachings, that you don't have to be locked in your story. And if your energy field is strong enough, it can affect everybody around you. So given that, and I, I'm not saying to let go and, and not acknowledge that maybe there's been real hurt there. You know, you, you can't just say, okay, you know, let bygones be bygones and pretend that you're someplace that you're not. You, we all have wounds and hurts and pains that we have to honor, that we have to process but to see that when somebody does something unskillful, either we doing something unskillful or somebody else doing something that's unskillful, it's because there's confusion there. It's because we, we have our own reality that makes sense to us or they have their own reality that makes sense to them and it is different from our reality that um, is not matching up in a way that we would like. And so to see, not to forgive the action or to pretend that you don't feel hurt, but the, the bigger picture, to forgive the confusion that would cause either you or somebody else to do something um, that is hurtful or painful. 
So with that in mind, I'd like to offer a bit of um, forgiveness practice. So you don't have to go to synagogue tomorrow if you don't have a ticket for the high holidays, if, if you're a Jewish, or even go to uh, any, any other ritual to do this. We can do it right now and clean our slate a little bit with the world. As, uh, as the, the wise line, uh, I'm not sure if it was Lily Tomlin or who it was, uh, said, forgiveness is giving up all hope of a better past. <laughs> and it's a very profound line because you're not going to change the past but how long you hold on to it is really up to you. And uh, you know, as, as it said, forgi- uh, lack of forgiveness is like you drinking poison and hoping somebody else is going to get sick. You know? When you're forgiving, you're doing it for you as much as for anyone. You are the one that gets the most out of it because you're carrying around that pain in your heart and then to let go, there's a release and an opening. So I'll just we'll do a little bit of a, a classic forgiveness. First, uh, you might just go inside. And to first um, ask for forgiveness, perhaps there's something unresolved between you and somebody else. We'll just do one person right now. And if you want to do more uh, beyond this, you can do that on your own. But if there's some something that's snagging between you and somebody else, maybe you acted in a way that was a bit off. To first go through this uh, asking forgiveness. Imagine them here right with you. And get in touch with the confusion that would make you do something unskillful. Either your fear or your hurt or your stress or whatever might underlie it. And from a very sincere place, if I've caused you suffering in any way, knowingly or unknowingly, I, I ask your forgiveness. I'm truly sorry. I'm truly sorry. And I ask your forgiveness if, if you're able to. And imagine them getting your sincerity I'm truly sorry. And if you have it in your heart to forgive me, thank you. And notice how it feels. Just imagine they truly get where you're coming from and do forgive you.
and then extending forgiveness. If somebody has done something that's caused you suffering or your reaction has been one of pain, again, not condoning the action, but understanding the confusion. And imagine them here with you. And if you're not ready to forgive, just be right where you are. That's okay. But imagine them in front of you and see their confusion, their conditioning that might cause them to act the way they did. And extend that to them for any way that you might have done something that has been painful for me. I forgive you. I forgive your confusion. And open my heart to you. to the extent that I'm able. I forgive you. And then finally, towards yourself, maybe ways that you are hard on yourself or not seeing so clearly or so wisely your own confusion or ways that you don't measure up to your ideals. Just forgive yourself for being human. What needs forgiveness now? Your impatience or your judgments or your pettiness or your loneliness or whatever it is, wanting. It's part of being human. Just like you'd forgive most anyone else just give that to yourself. From the wisest, kindest, compassionate place inside of you that understands. If it's not easy to get in touch with it, uh, you might uh, just touch your your heart with your hand and feel tenderness right through your through your hand and if you're not quite there then just forgive yourself for being right where you are now's the time to 
clean your slate and start in a new direction. And even if it's just having the intention to move that way, that's, that's an important start. May I love and accept myself just as I am. And since it's just about the end of the evening, we'll just go right into a little loving kindness. As I want to accept myself, may all beings accept themselves as they are and let their love shine through. May all find peace be free of suffering. May all see their true nature and help awaken it in others. And may our coming here together be of benefit to all beings everywhere. May all beings find happiness and peace. Start fresh. It's a brand new day, brand new year, brand new you. <laughs> Have a good week. See you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.